I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 81! 81! With the sound effect of ice! Ice in the background. I tried to do it sneakily away from the microphone. <laughs> it did not work. All you had to do was stay silent during the intro and you couldn't resist your Negroni I couldn't. even it's, for that I know, time. It's sitting there staring at me. <laughs> How can I not drink it? You're still not over Negroni Negroni week, I take it. Uh, no, it's Negroni year. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Unknown Chinese New Year, the yep. year of the, the Negroni. Year, the year of the Negroni. That was when yeah. you were very much definitely born. <laughs> Forget those dogs, it was the year of the Negroni. I was born under a Negroni... Negroni star. star. <laughs> I was going to say Negroni glass. <laughs> it was terrifying for all concerned. Ah, <laughs> uh, how are you, Nick? Uh, I'm alright, I've got a Negroni. They're marvellous. Just finished writing about 20 seconds ago. You did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm typing as fast as I can. Uh, we are recording together again. Uh, last week I had the plague, so Nick wouldn't let me in his house. But now I'm back in. <laughs> but you made me a Negroni. I did. Without I did. ice, I'm not allowed to drink. <laughs> so, made me a Negroni that I had to stare at and not touch. This is it. This is it. This is the bloody double standards. Morning, <laughs> noon and night. I'm allowed to make a cocktail. You can't go... Five seconds while I do the intro that we do every week without you jangling your ice in the microphone. While I make- need a drink, all right? While making eye contact with me going, I know, I know, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I know, this really pisses you off, but I'm not going to stop doing it. <laughs> it's like a five-year-old holding your watch out the window going, oh, yeah. Ah, you're having a good week. You'd have thought you'd have learned by now. <laughs> After 81 This is how this episodes. goes. I make your life a misery. I find it funny. You get really pissed off. That's how life works. It's the best relationship I've ever had. <laughs> Any poisonings this week? Uh, me, potentially soon. Um, <laughs> but I don't believe so. Have you overdosed on Negronis yet? Not as of yet. Is such a thing possible? Perhaps I'll find out. What's your limit on Negronis? We should have had this conversation in Negroni week. But now, looking back on Negroni week, what did you learn? What, what's your maximum number of Negronis in a, of a day or a night um I think three or four and I'm <laughs> and I'm approaching falling over generally because I make them quite large as well you do so, three, three or four of your Negronis I would be dead yeah I have a high generally a high tolerance for you do for things all the cocktails that we enjoy dear listeners we should come with a warning label 
because once you get into these punchy cocktails, you're like, oh no, that's delicious. They're yeah. shorter, and then you sip them, and you're like, oh, another one of those because the flavors are so beautifully balanced. The way Nick puts them together, but then you you foolishly go for the third, and everything gets a bit kind of wavy lines. Like, oh, <laughs> and the next morning you have to go through your phone going who did i text <laughs> who did i text and why do yeah. i now own a penguin <laughs> often often happen. well speaking of drunk dialing to order penguins and never having enough negronis i think it's time for us to thank our lovely patreon subscribers yes thank you thank you everyone out there thank you to all our lovely patreon subscribers <laughs> is your mission this week all you lovely people to recruit more recruit more to the poisonous cabinet cult so <laughs> <laughs> Go out there, spread the word, get more people. In an evangelical style. In an evangelical, spreading the word sort of way. Absolutely. We haven't had any new subscribers this week. It's okay because we've had a huge flurry of people. But if you've been thinking about joining Patreon, please do come over. Give it a go for a month. Well, exactly. Loads of extra episodes. Episodes every single week that we create. Lovely community over there. Lots of chats, lots of bonus content. And as we said, we're now forming a church slash cult. (laughs) Wherever you are, start your own chapter. Yeah, indeed. However you choose to do this. If you want to swindle people out of money, I mean, who's to know? (laughs) We so, will, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we will provide the big portraits of Sinead and I to for you to put on the wall above yes. the throne. And all the candles for which to do your <laughs> black masses. Don't kill anyone. That's, That's how awful. these things work. Well, that won't get us any more Patreon subscribers. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So keep people alive. Yeah. Have it as a living cult rather than a death cult. <laughs> it's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, mm-hmm. are you ready? God, no. To drink cocktails at oh, poison. I'm already ahead of you. No. We could drink poison. Joke about cocktails. No, I want a cocktail. I want you want a cocktail? cocktail. You cocktails. want more cocktails. More cocktails. Negroni isn't even a cocktail to it's us not. anymore. <laughs> no, indeed. Just it's, milk. Milk. Yeah. It's my... I'm going to have a cocktail. I'll have a Negroni first. So yes. That, yeah, it's, it's frightening that it's got to that, to be honest. Um. What have we done to our liver and our kidneys, yeah. actually, as well? We're all good. Good. We're going to go with the first one. Hooray, yeah. hooray, hooray. Might it's Nick's so. story this week, so we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. God, no. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour our cocktail of the week. Nick's story. So he got to choose the secret ingredient. I did. You shouted at me again. And this week's secret <laughs> ingredient, Nick, is... Is a taste, a taste, a taste, a corpse. A corpse. A corpse. A corpse. Well, we haven't had one yet. I, and After I feel 81 foolish. episodes of dead people, we've not had a corpse. I... I mean, I am I am speechless at the ne- number of times you said to me that I can't have a corpse. When? As a, a couple, when? Uh, there have been two occasions where I've said, it could be a corpse. You went, no, that's rubbish. We've already done that. Like, kind of in cocktails, not as a secret ingredient. Only because I discovered another cocktail that would work. So. <laughs> right. And mainly because it's me, so I get to do stuff. The subtitle of this episode is going to be Double Standards. That's it. Torture of Sinead and how she died alone and sad. Um, a corpse. A corpse. Fine. A corpse. You get to do a corpse. Wonderful. I had a naked man. Now I want a corpse. <laughs> You've got to put the two together. The... Not really. <laughs> picture it, Nick. That's your penalty. Oh, get a good mental picture of it there, Nick. So a Thanks corpse, obviously people have chimed in immediately going, there's lots of variations on one of the most famous cocktails, a oh, corpse quite. reviver. A corpse reviver, absolutely, is the classic and would be, yes, unsurprisingly, would be the go-to one. And quite right, there are a lot of variations, a lot of very interesting variations out there um, on a corpse reviver. And we um, would advise people to try a corpse reviver just once in your life. Just I mean, give it a go, absolutely. It makes they, the afternoon very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. You're not going to have four of those on the try, it has to be said. Um, <laughs> 
I mean, one was enough for us. Sent us slightly insane. We did have that period of sort of running through a few absinthe cocktails and we realised we should not have absinthe cocktails. We become fun. It's like white wine drunk, but on speed. Yeah. There's, there's a great quote. I think it's in the Savoy cocktail book, which is like, three of these taken in swift succession will swift, swiftly unrevive the corpse again. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, yep, absolutely right. <laughs> it is the classic. Well, we're not going to have a corpse revival. Well, we don't know. We don't know what we're going to have. We don't? We don't. We don't. Because there, there are two options <gasps> that I'm really tempted by. And I don't know which one to do. Okay. So I'm going to give you the choice. Oh, me? You have the choice. Me? And I have, in a magical sort of mystery podcast way, <laughs> written the two choices <laughs> on bits of paper that I have scribbled up here. So you have to choose. I don't know which one's which. Which one do you want? Which Nick's one is it? It's turning into magician. Is this because bloody Darren Brown was in town and in our favourite <laughs> yeah, coffee fact, shop the I other am day? I knew Darren Brown, can't you tell? <laughs> Nick is holding up two bits of two bits um, paper. folded up paper and I have to choose. Have and to choose I'm, one. I'm scared. Um, okay, I'm going to go. Oh, oh what, do you, what do you got? I went with the lefty. Right, so if it's a bad cocktail, you can blame Shanae. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> you know when you say, like, flip a coin, you go, oh, I want the other one that was that was what your heart wanted all along this is a huge bit of paper what well, did you write this on a sheet oh my god it's a corpse reviver number four number four oh, number we are having four. a number four what <laughs> so the one we had before was a corpse reviver number two which is sort of the, the classic one because um, one was shit so <laughs> well there's, there's there's as we said there were a variety so this is a number four okay which i think might be slightly up your street so yeah okay. i'm intrigued so i'm i'm happy with that can I find out what was on the other bit? Do you want to look at the other bit? Of paper? I do want to look at the other bit. Of look paper. at the other bit. Want to look in the other box, Noel? <laughs> What's in the other box? What's in the box? What could you have won? Could, oh, what is Bully's special prize? Oh God! Oh, a corpse's whiskers. Corpse's whiskers. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> And upsetting, now I've thought about it. Actually, no. I've just gone whiskers. Kitten. Oh, are, you, no. are you happy with your first choice? Are you happy? Well, people did reference the Corpse Reviver. We've done number two. And why shouldn't we do more in the Corpse Reviver family? Indeed. Let's do that. But I'm intrigued by the corpse's whiskers. The corpse's whiskers has a very visceral reaction one way or another in my head. It just immediately I go, adorable, a kitten. And then I go, oh, God, a, a dead, dead body. <laughs> We're going with the corpse driver number four. Okay, well, we've made our choice. It is time for us both to go into the poisoner's cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Well, Nick, what a time we've had. It's been an exciting time. (laughs) Nick disappeared into the poisonous cabinet kitchen to make the corpse reviver number four, which is before us now. He also turned around while going through his cabinets and then just put three unlabeled bottles of booze in front of me and a label maker and went, I don't know what these are. Work it out. (laughs) I've got so many random bottles of stuff that either I've made or you've given to me over the years when Mm. we've bought bottles between us. Um, I have no idea what's in any of them. It was so tasting, that was your task for today, tasting the booze. Tasting booze and also using a label maker. And using a label maker. I was in hog's heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I've worked out two of them. The third one remains a mystery. A mystery. It's just got lots of question marks <laughs> Something on Something in there. We're like, what the hell is this? But back to the cocktail in yes. question. We have the Corpse Reviver number four. Indeed. And it's a thing of beauty. It's it is quite pretty. pretty. Yeah. You've really gone all out on the little garnish. I know. I think, oh, just being fancy with a lemon. <laughs> As in he made a curl of it. Not just put a lemon on the side and went, ooh, fancy. <laughs> Exotic. Well, I have high hopes for the Corpse Reviver. All I can remember so, from the Corpse Reviver number two... That it said it was mad. It did. It had absinthe involved. Yeah. And 
No, I'm thinking of Death in the Afternoon is the one with the champagne in it or something, isn't that, it? Yes, absolutely, yes. Yeah. That is, that's the one with the champagne. So there's no champagne in a Corpse Reviver, any variation that I'm aware of. No, but but something that's going to jolt us into well, frivolity, I think. I we'll know. find out, won't we? Okay, well, I'm excited. Yeah. Corpse Reviver number four. number four. We've skipped one and three. They were the shit ones. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, well, let's dive in and taste. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Ooh. Oh, that's quite lovely. That's <laughs> good. Oh, that's quite... Oh, ooh. Oh, that's quite lovely, and there's there's flavours, there's flavours, there Nick. There there's are flavours going on there. Interesting flavour, flavours I wasn't expecting. Oh, I'm pleased with that. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, it's intriguing. Tips to win. Yeah, no, that's good. Oh, we like that. So, but it's not too sharp, not too no overly sharp. I want to taste more. Then taste more. That's what I'm, it's there I'm, for. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. She's gonna, on. she's gonna in for it. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> and there's enough going on there that I'm Keeps intrigued. Yes. I'm getting lemon. I'm definitely getting getting lemon. lemon. You've got some lemon curl on the side. Big shock. (laughs) Getting lemon, getting other kind of citrusiness. But there's, again, there's there's another flavour in there that's not horrible or overpowering. There's something nice in there, but I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, so we have, there's quite the list of ingredients on this one. Quite the bouquet. Um, Quite the bouquet, yes. Quite the variety. To start with, we have a base of tequila. Yeah! <laughs> Which I knew would make Sinead happy. I'm very happy with the tequila. <laughs> so, Yay. Corpse Reviver's usually, well, Corpse Reviver number one is cognac. Yeah, the, the, the original uh, Corpse Reviver. Corpse Reviver number two is gin. Yes. Number three, I have no idea what happened to number three, but four is uh, tequila. So number three is taboo. Taboo. <laughs> yes. As we all know. That makes sense. So, we have tequila. We have some triple sec. So a bit of an orangey Ooh, twang. Delicious, yes. We have some lemon juice. Okay, nice. And there as well. We have Lille Blanc. Oh, which bit, is, bit of a mousse. Yeah, bit of a mousse. So which is is a standard in all of the Corpse Arrivers. Yes, um, it is, it has, isn't it? It has the Lille in there. And it is um, delicious. So and it works good. very, very nicely. There is a bit of sugar to balance out that. Nice. Needed. Um, needed. needed. And then also the hint of absinthe. The hint of absinthe? Which, you, again, you get is with your Corpse Arrivers. You have to have the absinthe in there. Oh, my um, God. But it works, because usually I find, even in the smallest quantities, absinthe desperately overpowering. Mm. Um, but it doesn't in this at all. You can taste it in the background a little bit. You can, But it's yeah. very, very, very subtle, which is difficult to get absinthe being subtle. Normally, when we have an absinthe cocktail, we immediately go, there's absinthe yeah. in it. And yeah. it's been a while since we've had one, because yeah. we kept going, there's absinthe, there's <laughs> absinthe, I'm going to die. Because absinthe is, is quite the taste and quite the drink, really. That's the first one because of all of those really nice complimentary flavours. That's really good. <laughs> that you don't taste the absinthe in it. But yeah, tequila, a good tequila is a thing of beauty. I'm into my tequila. Loving it. Yeah, oh, oh it's so tasty. That's going on the make again list. And I'm, I'm smiling so you much. You are smiling. Because <laughs> it's scary. I'm smiling so much because after 81 episodes. I've made a drink that Sinead likes. <laughs> no, it's just when they get it right. You know those yes. classic ones. Absolutely. It makes sense of all cocktails people sort of go oh i'm not into cocktails or they have the party drinks so they go "Eh," you know the reason we say go to a good cocktail bar go to a good mixologist because when someone gets it right and you try a cocktail with all of those ingredients perfectly balanced you go wow this is what liquor is for yeah i'm very impressed yeah i mean this is actually a very recent addition to the corpse reviver family from what i can see this came around in 2019 um, what? So incredibly recent. Who make it um, is? Before that, yeah, it had been gin-based, uh, cognac-based <laughs> um, variants. But yeah, someone used tequila. A chap in Sweden, I believe, developed this in, yeah, 
yeah, just a few years ago. And well done you. Well done you. And what did he do to get into the Corpse Reviver family? Does he have to go and apply <laughs> to the estate of Ernest Hemingway? You've got to think that there, there are certain things, like the, the Difford's book and stuff like that, which are generally sort of standards through mm. throughout the industry. So mm. I don't know how exactly it works, but I'm assuming the chap who's come up with it, has he, I'm assuming it's a chap, it could be a chapess, I don't know, um, has either named it the Corpse Reviver number four because they stopped at three and no one had done a number four. So he's like, right, this is the next variation. So mm. he's just coined the name and it's stuck. It's worthy of it. And hopefully they'll yeah. have taken it to Difford's and said, Oh, it's, in the, it's so. in the book now. So, well, yeah. there you go. Like, you know, Difford's will have gone, yes, welcome you in. Welcome you in with cookies. <laughs> uh, delicious. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy we went with this one. <laughs> now, the corpse's whiskers were not going to make that because Nick made me try the random booze in his cupboard as well as this, as well as having Negroni. I think any more I than think, that. Yeah, I'm, I may well do it on Friday. So we'll have it on Friday and then put it out Friday evening potentially. Yeah, hand it over to you guys. So, yeah. We'll put out the recipe. We will not try it this time. We'd oh, love to know. We're not going to try it on this episode. <laughs> no, indeed. But we're going to put it out. We may make it on Friday night. You guys mix it up if you've got the ingredients. Do some videos. Tag mm. us in the videos. Make sure you tag The Poisonous Cabinet wherever you're broadcasting it. Give us your reviews on it. It's time for you guys to start tasting and telling us how good alcohol is. Because <laughs> we don't know. We haven't learned. Well, yeah. with The Corpse Reviver number four. Number four. Firmly in hand. I am fully revived. Good. Very good. Go. Excellent. Is it time for a story? It is most certainly time for a story. Woo! So this week we are having the tale of Alfred Packer. Now, and this is a name that some of our American listeners may be familiar with. They mm. may recognise under his pseudonym, the Colorado Cannibal. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so see, a corpse as a secret ingredient was not entirely inappropriate. Generally for any of our episodes, <laughs> it wouldn't be. But more, more so on this one, I feel. We're going to Colorado this week, and we're in Colorado on Patreon. I know, Colorado is the place to be. Colorado is the place to be Absolutely. this week. Colorado <laughs> fans, holla, holla. So, uh, Packer, he was born in 1842, one of three children. Um, <laughs> you really milked three that, didn't children you? <laughs> Of James Packer and his wife, Esther. Now, the family moved around a lot when the children were young, and James was a, he's a carpenter, and he generally went wherever the, build, the latest building boom was, there he went to find work. Alfred did not like this travelling around so much. <laughs> and he tried various careers in his as a, as a teenager. At one point he was going to be a carpenter like his father. Then he was going to be a shoemaker. Then he was going to be a ranch hand person who looked after cows. Then a um, candlestick maker. And then a candlestick maker and a baker. And, and a, a butcher. <laughs> all these things. <laughs> he bounced from job to job to job and didn't like any of them. None of them seemed to suit. Well, but when the civil and the American Civil War broke out in 1861, Alfred decided that it was his duty to, to fight. And despite his parents' protests, in 1862, he enlisted in the Union Army and joined the 16th Infantry Regiment. Eight months later, while he was stationed at Fort Ontario in New York, he is honourably discharged due oh. to epilepsy. Really? Yes, indeed. Now, this is not something that had come about or has been reported about his childhood. So whether it was something that developed later in life as a result mm. of an injury or illness or something, or it had been with him throughout and was just very hushed up as a child, I do not know. But he was honourably discharged due to due to this. But he is not at all happy about this. He wants to do his bit. Um, so he decides to travel south. And on the 8th of June, 1863, he enlists again, this time with the Iowa Cavalry Regiment. Um, okay. Obviously, no doubt, keeping his previous enlistment 
under the, his hat secret. So he's come from the north down to the south. Yeah, not that far south. Oh, not, not that far not south. Not that far south. So still Union. Still Union, because I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. So he tries to, or he does, enlist again. Obviously, information is not so quick at that time. They cannot just Google him and go, no, you were in New York being, and you were discharged. So they take him in. <laughs> come on in, you're fine. Come on and ride a horse. TikTok messaging is not high. <laughs> Someone is doing a dance explaining why this man was discharged. <laughs> what? Less than a year later, he is once again discharged for epilepsy. Now, in his army documents, it's recorded that he has having seizures every other day. But it's it's not surprising that he was not overly welcomed into his unit. Probably difficult to conduct particular military exercises when you're at the risk of having a seizure. Sorry, army is not the life for you. After this, he travels west. He goes west, and over the next several years, he again tries job after job after job, and he cannot find anything he likes. He's a hunter, he's a wagon driver, he's a rancher, and he's a field worker. But his seizures and his increasingly unpleasant attitude ensure that he never keeps a job for long. He develops a quite an unpleasant reputation as an argumentative and difficult person. But as a result of him not being able to hold down a job, he gets angry and annoyed. He turns out not to be a particularly jolly chap to be around. He seems quite bittered. Quite absolutely, quite bitter by the hand that life has dealt him. You can understand part of that that he would be very upset and he would be annoyed. Yep. And then just the resentment is building. Indeed. So yes, he is mm. not not a happy chap. And people, in fact, suspect him of, of stealing as well. Potentially because he's not able to hold down a job and earn a decent wage. Um, he is forced into the life of, oh, yeah. of petty theft or something to keep keep himself going, keep himself alive. Um, and he gets discovered and he has to move on to the next place and he gets bitter and angry about that. So not a happy story, really. No, it's not It's not a happy story. Not a happy story. The corpse so survivor is not happy so, about this. So I'm sorry that the story entitled The Colorado Cannibal has not gone overly <laughs> happy to begin with. It's just being a bleak picture of disability at this well, time. You're like, oh god! I think, I think it was pretty bleak at this time, to be honest. For a couple of months, he decided he's going to try his his hand as as a guide, escorting travellers across the plains of America. Oh god, there they are! Then they bloody. I are. knew I had to get the in there. Plains of America. <laughs> this is Denver. What are you doing? I'm just known as plains. <laughs> He claimed to know all the best routes, all the secret ways around. Turns out he was just as bad as being a guide as he was at everything else. People swore never to travel with him again. He got them lost time and time again, taking them on long, meandering routes that ended up exactly in the wrong place. Um, So it did not go well for him. He ended up working in mining-related jobs, as a a gold miner, a tin miner, coal miner, whatever he could find. It was manual labour. There was nothing Mm. complex or difficult about it. It was just basic back-breaking work. But even there, his bad luck seemed to follow, as invariably, as soon as he left one mine in search of the next better thing, that mine would strike a massive gold seam and everyone would earn their fortunes and become millionaires, and he had already left. Oh, just after he left. Just after he left. The next day, Oh, look, millions of pounds just in the ground. Like leaving the slot machine. Yes. Someone else comes in and takes your jackpot. Exactly. He is always after the grass. is always greener just over there. And it Mm. never, never was. And this only makes him more bitter and more angry and more generally unpleasant to be around. In 1873, news of a massive gold strike in Breckenridge, Colorado, filters across to the mines surrounding Salt Lake City in Utah, where Packer is working at the time. Mm. This is huge 
news. Rumours come through of men who are finding so much gold that they, they can't possibly carry it all. Um, others who are set for life after a single day's work. The ground is so rich. Now, who on earth wouldn't want part of this? Adventurous miners were leaving the area in droves to strike it rich in Colorado. Ah, the gold rush. Indeed. One of these men was Bob McGrew. Bob McGrew. Bob McGrew. Oh, sounds <laughs> salty. <laughs> Absolutely. He rallies any willing men to make this trip to Colorado. Now, most of these people are strangers to each other. They don't know each other, but he persuades them to... F- follow him across the Rocky Mountains to go and seek their fortunes. Um, And 20 men leave Utah, heading for the goldfields of Breckenridge, about 500 miles away. So it's a big old trek. It's a big old trek. It's a big old trek. It's a big old country. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They stop in the town of Provo, um, around 25 miles outside outside of Salt Lake, to stock up on supplies and prepare themselves for the the long journey ahead. Mm. In Provo, the group run across Alfred Packer. They got to talking one evening in a bar or an inn or something. Think, uh, and Packer asked them where they're going. When he heard they are heading to gold country, his ears prick up. He has heard of fortunes being made every day out there. Mm. Surely this was meant to be. This was his lucky break. Yep. He's, he's met these men. Fortune has smiled upon him and he asked to join them. However, Packer is completely broke at this point and he lacks any of the supplies um, or equipment that he needs to to make this long journey all the other men have kitted themselves out themselves they mm. they've footed the bill for all this it's a big old trek it's a big old trek they need provisions and equipment and all this sort of stuff mm. and no one is really willing to share what they have with this stranger yeah, yeah. Um, so they're understandably rather apprehensive about letting him join then Packer throws down his trump card he claims he is both a skilled prospector and an expert expert guide oh god um, no he he knows no, the no, territory no. incredibly well, like the back of his hand. Um, he can get them through the mountains quicker than anyone. Now, of course, this changes things amongst the men. They are not at all familiar with this this area, this route that they're having to take. Oh, and to have an experienced, knowledgeable guide in their party is invaluable. None of them could afford to hire one. So one that wants to come along, as far as they're concerned, hurrah. And uh, this is more than they could have hoped for. And of course they say, yes, absolutely. The men pool their remaining money to be able to kit out Packer Aww. with the provisions and the, the equipment and things that he'll need, that their guide will need. And soon they are ready for the long trip through the mountains. And in November 1873, the party of 21 men set off. And uh, was it sort of... 40 minutes into their conversation where he just went, by the way, I'm a guide. By the way, I'm a guide. I know these mountains like the back of my hand. There's one mountain, there's two mountains, there's a valley, and then there's another mountain. They're like, he's a genius. Genius, he knows exactly where he's going. He's leading the way. And like, they set off in the morning, like dawn, they're all, you know, all kitted out. And he's like, this way. Like, dude, that's the way we just came. Where are you going? (laughs) This way. That's off a cliff. No. No. (laughs) Looking at the compass going, why doesn't it say up? The winter. 1873, 1874 is unusually harsh. Um, And it quickly becomes clear that Alfred... Has may have slightly oversold his skills <laughs> as as a guide. The snowy weather bogs down the wagons and the horses and made the, makes the route incredibly tough going. The rough sort of trail that has been cut into the mountain that they are supposed to be following quickly becomes snowed over and they cannot find it. And Packer takes them on numerous unnecessary diversions and no. detours, doubling back on themselves and getting horribly, horribly lost. Oh, so tense. Tensions like absolutely run super high. Super high, that's just a really weird way of saying it. Super high. I like it. Super high. Super high. And Packer, who believes that 
he still believes he is the important one in this group. He of is course. the the skilled one, but he demands that he ride in the wagon rather than walk alongside. He's um, the guide. Yeah, but he, he said to go that way, but he needs to preserve his strength, so he can't possibly walk alongside. He should be in the wagon with the provisions and the equipment and everything like <laughs> with that. With the snacks. With the snacks. I can understand uh, that. <laughs> he also says that he realises that he should have more rations than everyone else, so he can concentrate more, that he can keep up his... Oh, fuck off. Acuity no, and no, recognise no, no, no. where he is and stuff like that. He needs to keep his mind sharp, so he needs food to do that. Everyone um, has to have their mind sharp. <laughs> he I doesn't agree. know where he's bloody going. Has to remember how to go the wrong way. Is that it? He he thinks he should be excused from any of the work of sort of setting up a camp of an evening, mm. chopping firewood oh, and oh, stuff oh, like that. Oh, now I'm angry. Because he has to preserve his strength, his ability no. to, to find his way. He's a lazy bastard. Lazy bastard. Um, he's described by one other party as a whining fraud. Um <laughs> God love you if you do have a disability, if you're living with that. But, you know, if you're also just sitting around when you're well, or yeah. just, you know, oh, no, I, I mean, should be able to have all of this. Because he's never disclosed it, has he? Well, I mean, this is one of the reasons he, he thinks he should be in the wagon, because it becomes quite clear soon after they set off. Obviously, he never tells them initially about his, his issue with epilepsy. The, mm. But it soon becomes quite apparent. After a few days' trek that he starts having a seizure, he should be in the wagon. Mm. So... The men get incredibly annoyed that this was never disclosed, this was never discussed place, beforehand, yeah. and we now have to look after you yeah. when you're in this state because we can't mm. we can't just leave you lying in the snow to freeze to death. So we've got to take care of you as well while you're in that condition. So mm. they are not overly pleased. I need to lie down in this wagon and have all mm. of the grapes because they were known for carrying grapes. Have they had many a grape? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the grapes soon ran out. Of course. And the men are reduced to eating the horse feed to survive. What about the horses? And, well, for a time, it looks like the horses themselves are going to be next on the barbecue. (laughs) But eventually, at the end of January 1874, they spot a settlement. The group stagger into this camp. It is the camp of the Utah Indian chief, Ure. Um, near Montrose in Colorado. They discovered they have travelled 350 miles. It's taken them three months to get 350 miles. They've still got another 150 miles to go. Three months? Three months to get this far. Going back on themselves, up and down mountains that they didn't need to go up and down. That that Um, taint right. No, it ain't ain't right indeed. Now, this this chief, who's actually known as White Man's Friend, (laughs) is his nickname. Always a nice name. Um, Now, he welcomes this haggard group into his camp and he's quite amazed to hear that what this these crazy men have attempted to do (laughs) knowing that they were heading into the mountains in the middle of winter why would you do such a thing that's just Mm. stupid he is equally amazed to see that despite they are they're obviously hungry um, and thoroughly sick of the sight of each other they are they have reached his camp relatively unscathed Mm. none of them have died there's no frostbite there's no serious injuries or anything they're all alive good for them really they've Mm. made it this far but they, the, guy, the guys think they are not at the gold mines yet. They know that every day more and more miners are flooding into Breckenridge and from all over the country. And they are anxious to get there and stake their claim um, to a plot of land before the riches run out. The chief strongly, strongly recommends that they postpone the rest of their trip. There's another 150 miles until spring. When the winter has, has ended, there's been a bit of a thaw. The paths are traversable again. Why? Very wise, and he even offers to let them stay at the camp until then, and he will feed and look after them. That sounds like an incredibly generous offer. But the gold rush will. But they've gold fever. 
Yeah. I want my shiny things. The group stay at the camp for a couple of weeks, sort of recuperating. They are hoping for a sign that the winter weather is letting up, is going to break, but it just gets worse and worse and worse, and the snow is coming down. At the beginning of February, the group convene to make a plan. The snow is now far too deep for the wagons and horses to make it anywhere. They're, if they go in the mountain... The wagon's going to get stuck. The horses are going to die. There's no chance of them doing anything. They are going to have to remain at the camp. But it would be feasible for men to make it on foot. Mm. If they were so inclined, it it would be doable. Ten of the men decide that this is not worth the risk. I am not going to not going to risk it. They elect to stay at the camp and they, they'll follow on in the spring with the wagons and horses and all the extra supplies. That leaves 11 men willing to risk all to get to the gold fields first. Hmm. And one of them is Alfred Packer. Have you got nothing to lose, I suppose? Absolutely, yeah. Apart from your life. Yeah. <laughs> so, eh. Eh. Seeing that the, the men are determined in their plan, the chief gives them provisions very generously for their trip and gives them directions to the to Los Pinos Indian Agency Camp, which is a, the nearest camp. It's about 75 miles away, but it's the closest settlement to them. And from there, they can make their way to, to Breckenridge. The chief's directions skirt around the highest mountains. Don't go through any of the mountain passes. Much, much safer. This time of year, you'll make it there alive. It'll take you a bit longer, but you'll get there. Once again, Alfred butted in. I know of an excellent shortcut. He oh, says, for God's sake. Straight say. through the mountains. It'll take half the time off the trip. Absolutely. We can do it. Not a bother at all. There's always that one wanker <laughs> when you're on a trek or you're going anywhere and you're walking across the city going, no, I reckon the shortest route is the straightest one. You do not know what you're talking about. Indeed Shut not. up. Now, five of the men are absolutely like, are like that. They are adamant, no, we are going the longer, safer route. They are sick to death of Alfred's nonsense, his lies. There is nowhere they are following him anywhere. Alfred becomes so argumentative with this group of people that they pull a gun on him and tell him, just just go away. <laughs> we don't want you here. Just fuck off. Seeing the gun, he backs off and says, fine, I'll go my way. He does seem like someone who is just really insistently in your face. Like, yeah. I have the best solution to think, oh, I've dated people like that. <laughs> yeah. Amazingly, five others, though. A chap called Shannon Wilson Bell, James Humphrey, Frank Miller, George Noon and Israel Swan all agree to follow Packer. Through the mountain. Good names. Good hardy names. Um, And they agree to follow him through the mountain paths to Las Pinos. You fools! Uh, Fools indeed. Somehow, obviously, also the difficulties and miseries he has caused in the first leg of the trip have been entirely forgotten. It's all lovely and jolly. Tired, Um, though, they think. Is there a shortcut? Sometimes that gets to you, that, you know, the idea of going around and spending another, you know, several weeks going another route. And so they go, yes, fine, up this mountain trail in the falling snow. Two months later, April the 16th, 1874, Packer arrives at the Los Pinos Indian Agency completely alone. He looks surprisingly fit (laughs) for a man who has just had a a two-month trek for 75 miles. It's taken him two months. Um, 75 miles? 75 miles has taken him two months through the mountains. Two months? Yep. Pussy. That's exactly what they said when they saw him. Yeah. Pussy. I could do that in a day. <laughs> I could run there and back I'm again. Run there and back again. <laughs> the first group who went the long way round had arrived weeks earlier, yeah. um, and they've been having a jolly time at the camp, refreshing themselves. And <laughs> I love the way you go like at the camp, refreshing themselves consistently with water. Oh yes, let's have another drink. Let's have a shower. Yeah, absolutely. Let's have a little dance. What exactly. are these people doing? Exactly having a jolly time, regaining their strength before the next leg of the journey. <laughs> um, and then yeah packer rocks up 
one of the one of these men who went the long way round, a, a chap called Preston Nutter, nice. asks the Parker, well, "Where is everyone else? There are there are six of you that left. You're here by yourself." Parker claims that he got his he had got his feet wet um, and frozen, and that others had abandoned him as he was no longer able to walk, and they had left him. What? Okay. To his fate. Somehow he had recovered from frostbite, of which, he, which he, he had no sign of, um, yeah, famously, and, and famously. Walked, walked into the camp by himself. Of course, there'd be no sign of the other five men at all. He got his feet wet. They froze. They froze. They left him. Yep. His feet were encased in ice, apparently. He had frostbite, lost no digits. Yep. His, his feet thawed out, were entirely, perfectly usable afterwards, and he walked to the camp. That is how frostbite that's, works. That's how these things work? Damn, that's <laughs> People don't necessarily believe him, but people they got they can't prove either way, really. Your story is stupid. Your story is stupid, you but... You seem like an idiot yes, as well. Yes, you're an idiot. No one likes you, but okay, you're here. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Ugh, fine. He, he has a short stay at the agency, and then he decides to accompany Nutter and a couple of other men further east towards the gold fields. I bet you all the guys who were at the camp earlier, when they were waiting for the others to arrive, just saw him walking going, oh, for yeah. fuck's <laughs> oh, sake. Why did it have to be him? Not that guy. <laughs> why? <laughs> God, he's going to walk with us. Yeah. Just pretend we're going in a different direction. You know, it's like, we're going back the other. We're going back to the mountains. Yeah, we're going back to... Oh, no, we're walking the same way. Oh, shit. We're going to have to make small talk. During this, this trek, Nutter sees that Packer has a skinning knife on him but that he knew had belonged to Frank Miller, one of the other chaps who had gone Ooh. with Packer. Um, and he knows that this knife would not have been given up easily, and certainly not to a man like Packer. And he be- begins to have doubts about the story he's been told about being abandoned by the others. The group arrive at their next stop in Sakowash, and things become even more suspicious, with Packer freely spending money, buying nice shiny things, even offering a loan to another chap. Um, she was poor. Well, exactly. Exactly. This makes Nutter and the other members of the original party incredibly suspicious. He was broke when they started. There are not a lot of earning opportunities across the mountain in winter. So where is this cash come <laughs> from? In Sagawash, the group also have news from the Los Pinos camp that the other men have still not arrived. And it is assumed that they have been lost in the mountain somewhere. This only confirms in people's heads, though, that Packer must have done something. He must mm. have done something to the other men, stolen their cash, or anything of worth, the knife, and they decide that Packer has to pay for what they assume his actions would be, and they make plans to hang him. Okay, Be good. damned with okay. it. No, he has done something to their mates. <laughs> No. I mean, I mean, he he very much, given the title of this episode, he very much definitely has. <laughs> but also, the logic of people, he's probably done shit. Let's hang him. Let's hang him. Do we need a trial? No. Nah, I nah, have nah. a feeling, a good feeling about this. <laughs> Get the rope, Mabel. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thankfully, there was someone along, someone there who did have more of a sense of, of justice. General Charles Adams. Nice. He was, he was amongst the party as well. He was the, the, the head of the, the Los Pinos Indian agency, oh. and he had accompanied them on their their travels, and he steps in to save Packer. He is not about to hang a man, well, not without good proof, anyway, not without some and evidence. Fair, fair. So I think yeah. that's that's reasonable. Good yeah. on you, Mister General. And he begins his interrogation of Packer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just imagining like the general has not had a lot of contact with Packer. I will interrogate him nine minutes later. He walks out going, hang the shit out of him. I can't even with this man. He is so annoying. Packer soon signs his confession. Wow. Um, He claims that about 10 days out of camp, Israel Swan dies. We don't know what of. Was it an illness or was it an injury? Shock at the frostbite. Shock at the frostbite. But he has he has passed away. He's the eldest one of the group, an older chap. Yeah. He's died. The others, already running low on provisions, decided to eat him. It's the only way forward. <laughs> Cannot give up this source of fresh meat. Five days later, James Humphreys dies. Convenient. Again, we don't know. Injury, illness, hatchet to the head. Not sure. And what you obviously you can't let good meat go to waste. So he is also What? On the menu. No. <laughs> no. Well yes, what? apparently this, this this is this is what he says in his confession. He oh, also says that how he he goes through Humphrey's belongings and, and finds a pocketbook with hundred and thirty three dollars in which he takes, explaining his wealth at the at the camp. Sometimes afterwards, he had been away from the group gathering firewood. Um, And when he returns, he sees Frank Miller dead, apparently of an accident, he's told. There was an accident. Frank Miller is dead. Frank is also next on the barbecue. Uh, And Packer um, pockets his knife, the skinning knife. The skinning knife. That was seen earlier. With the group getting steadily smaller, next, um, Shannon Bell shoots George Noon in the head after an argument. Obviously, things are getting tense in the group. They're, well, <laughs> they're stranded on the middle of a mountain. They're lost. They don't know where they're going. And? An argument. They've developed a taste for And meat. they have developed a taste for, taste for human flesh. Human um, flesh. It's <laughs> and, addictive. And George Noon is shot in the head. Shannon and Packer are now the last two men standing. <laughs> now, supposedly, they... Kiss. They don't kiss. They create a pact amongst themselves. They're not going to kill each other. Um... If they don't make it out, it's either both of them or none of them are going to get out of this, they say. 
<laughs> That's such bullshit. Oh, completely. Because apparently Shannon, according to Packer, Shannon does not keep up his end of the bargain. Surely um, not. And one day he sees Shannon charging at him with his, his axe raised. <laughs> um, but he trips and struck, strikes a tree and oh. knocks himself out. Packer grabs his gun and shoots him. In Shannon. self-defense, of course. So Packer has actually not actually killed anyone himself. Of course he's not. Only, he's only shot Shannon in self-defense after he was being charged at. He's only um, witnessed this tragedy of unfortunate accidents and people running at you with axes yeah. and running into trees. Exactly. All of this, he was standing idly by going, well, if there's a bit of thigh going, I'll have a nibble. <laughs> he then he the, yeah, well, he then he then makes the, the two-week journey further to the, the agency by himself. Now, the general well thinks... Well sated. This is... Well, tummy. indeed. Well, he arrives looking quite well nourished. With the knapsack on my back. <laughs> the general thinks that it's a plausible story. Shut up! It's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. It's not likely. I mean, people go mad in the mountain. Men go crazy. Not unheard of. Not beyond the realms. Mm. The gen- but the general reasons that if Packers telling the truth, then he is going to have no problem leading a party of men back to the original campsite. They'll find the first body or something like that, and it will prove his story. And initially, Packer says, yep, fine, let's do it. I'll, I'll take you there. Um, <laughs> I'm loving off... the energy of the general. The general yeah. <laughs> is sitting there. I was not with him at he's, first. He's with a Negroni, swirling a Negroni. <laughs> <laughs> so much Negroni with a cigar sitting back. It's perfectly plausible. And he can, swirly, 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 <laughs> Lead us back to that camp. Yeah. <laughs> that general, that is some petty shit and I am here for it. <laughs> and so they do. This this search party goes off um, along this trial. <laughs> Packer claims to get lost. It was winter when he came through. It was all snowy. You can't find his way. I can't find my trail. These trees um, were covered in snow. At one point, he rushes at Constable Hurlman Lauter with a knife, wow. um, apparently. And he is taken back to Sagawash in irons he had the hunger upon him yeah absolutely he had, he had he had the rage he is taken back and imprisoned his look his story is looking rather more suspect <laughs> in the meantime another search party has been sent and they have they have found the trail the packer and the group had used and they trace it back now they are searching as they go they're expecting to find the remains of this party sort of strung out yes. along the trail as people are knocked off killed for whatever reason they're going to be spread out to death they do not find this they eventually trace their way back to the very first camp and there they find the remains of all five men no all in one place all men showing evidence of being skinned (gasps) and flesh removed particularly on the chest which may well be the tastiest bit i don't know tastiest indeed (laughs) the lovely the breast meat is the tastiest succulent quite you need to go with a thigh that's the thing well no packet went straight for the breast (laughs) now packer's tail is obviously a lie what (laughs) so obviously his tail is completely fabricated. He is arrested and charged with murder. However, the jail is little more than a log cabin. There's no security, there's no barbed wire or fences, and he is able to escape easily, and he vanishes, and he disappears well. Nine years later. What? (laughs) We do not know what he's been up to in these intervening years. Was he just in a wicker cage with some barbed wire around it? He's out there munching on people as they pass by. Nine years? Nine years. He's the shittest guide in the world. How did he evade people? (laughs) He's managed to for nine years. On the 11th of March, 1883, he is discovered in Cheyenne in Wyoming. 
Um, Living under the alias of John Schwartz, he is spotted by a chap called Gene Cabazon, who was one of the original party members who elected to stay at the camp until the spring. So he recognised Packer. He goes to the local sheriff and said, that man is John Packer. He is wanted for murdering five of my friends. Yes. And the sheriff goes, right, okay, fine, and goes and arrests him. Nice. Good, <laughs> goes good. Straight sheriff away. is like, something to do, finally. <laughs> and he contacts General Adams, um, the tramp from the... <laughs> General Adams, okay, let's picture it. He's, he's sitting in his rocking chair. He's silhouetted by a window. He's swilling his ninth Negroni of the day because it doesn't even touch the size no, of General not. Adams. No. He's that hard. He's just, he's smoking a cigarette. And then the call comes and he's sort of like, he's been leaning back in his chair. He sits forward and goes, I always knew that call would come. <laughs> yep, that's exactly how it went down. I don't know if phones were a thing then. Maybe. <laughs> the call, okay, the telegram. <laughs> Phones haven't been invented, General. Yeah. <laughs> I knew phones would be invented. <laughs> Packet is transported to Denver um, for further questioning, and the General Adams meets the convoy in Denver. <laughs> the General knows that obviously that this original confession is utter bollocks, mm. complete rubbish, and he persuades Packer to make a second confession, which he signs on the sixteenth of March. Now, this time, instead of claiming that the men gradually kill each other to survive, um, Packer now claims that Shannon Bell has gone mad and killed Ooh. all the others with a hatchet, all while Packer is out scouting, because he's a guide, that's what he does. Convenient. Um, <laughs> when Bell spots Packer, he charges with his hatchet raised, and Packer shoots him twice in the stomach. Packer is alone, lost trapped in a camp full of dead men he says he only resorts to cannibalism after several several days of starvation the only means of survival at the camp he prepares strips of human flesh to sustain himself on the long trek out to the camp that he's going to jerky yeah exactly a bit of human jerky going on there very nice on the 6th of april alfred packer's trial begins in lake city in colorado mm. he is accused of premeditated murder the trial lasts seven days oh, okay which is pretty good this going good actually going. so good yeah so for a case not, not cut and dry he is found guilty hey. uh, and sentenced to death by hanging he maintains his innocence throughout of course he would of this maintaining the fact that this is all shannon bell okay. he is the one who went mad he confesses Yes, I ate human people, but because if I didn't, I would be dead. The papers give a lurid and entirely fictional account of the Colorado cannibal. According to them, for the last nine years, he has been ravaging the countryside, eating anyone he could see. Um, of course. It's not entirely true. According to a local paper, the presiding judge, a chap, M.B. Jerry, <laughs> who seems a very colourful character. Okay. Um... <laughs> And I'm not sure how I'm going to do this because I can't. I can't say this in a. It's, it's written in a very, very horrendous sort of Western accent. Okay. And I can't do it. So I might say I might read it in my very boring English accent, and you have to translate it in your head. Right. Or I might get Sinead to read it in a cowboy Western sort of voice. So how kind of cowboy Western are we talking? Oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to turn my computer around so you have to read it. It's quite funny. Right. Okay. Good. This is live, people. This is all live. We're talking like Clint Eastwoody kind of e. Yeah, or, uh... go do your best stereotypical <laughs> cowboy Yosemite Sam type. Okay. <laughs> Stand up, you voracious man-eating son of a bitch, and receive your sentence. When Yak came to Hinsdale County, there were seven Democrats. <laughs> but you, yeah, five of them, goddamn you, 
I sentence you to be hanged by the neck until you're dead, dead, dead. As a warning against reducing the Democrat population of this county packer, you Republican cannibal. I would sentence y'all to hell, but the statutes forbid it. <laughs> that, that was that fun. Was fun. <laughs> I also think it's probably an offensive to a great many people out there. So uh, yes, blame Sinead for that one. No, it's I'm, the, the language <laughs> it was written in, I'm not saying it's true. It's a caricature. Yes, a caricature. Exactly so. White crazy people. <laughs> it's very Yosemite Sam. Yeah, exactly. And if it's yeah. offensive to people, we are not condoning it. <laughs> I like that. When you came to Hinsdale County, there were seven Democrats. There were but seven you ate Democrats five of them. and you ate five of them. <laughs> <laughs> and also there is written Democrats. 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 <laughs> the actual court records are somewhat more formal and less exciting. to what he actually said. But the, the sentiment is the same. Um, I think dead, dead, dead is repeated in the, the formal <laughs> transcript dead, as well. <laughs> However, the execution is stayed due to an appeal. And Ooh. in October 1855, the sentence is reversed by the Colorado Supreme Court. And okay. he is retried for the same crime, but this time for the lesser crime of manslaughter. So they're kind of buying his story? Yeah, they, so I, I think I think it's because there, there there is no proof either way. There's no proof of murder. There's no proof that there's yes, he so, and he's fully admitted that to, to cannibalism. Put his hands yeah. up and said yes, I so did that. So it's not premeditated. So he's saying these people were killed Oh, I no. took adva- I took advantage of the situation so I could survive because there is no evidence really one way or the other apart from his confession no. and his lies originally his original confession so because he had confessed two different ways it did not go well for the second trial and he is found guilty of manslaughter and a big part of that was because of his two confessions because of his differing stories but this time he is sentenced to 40 years 40 years which is at the time was the longest custodial sentence in US history oh. it's the longest time anyone because before that it was just Hang him up! Hang him up! <laughs> Hang him high! We don't, we don't do 40 years in prison, now we just kill him. Mm. Alfred Packer was paroled on the 8th of February in 1901. He oh, stayed okay. in Colorado for the rest of his life, maintaining his innocence mm. of manslaughter throughout. Dies at the age of 65, reputably of dementia, trouble and worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Dolly Parton song. Yeah, Sorry. He, he's become something of a, a folk hero, really, in, in Colorado. And okay. his name is, it is not discussed with sort of horror or disgust and it's more he is he is a folk legend the university of colorado in boulder has named their cafeteria the alfred Dree packer memorial grill oh <laughs> nice which is excellent nice. i love it nice. there is a musical based on alfred g um why aren't we performing this right now uh, written by trey parker no before he did south park because he was at the university of colorado how have i not seen this oh it's like it's on youtube that's it it's it's not been a big thing he did it he wrote it while he was at university Um, and i think there are some youtube videos of him performing in it sort of at university but that's as far as it ever went okay we're watching this on friday so So that is the story of Alfred G. Packer, the Colorado cannibal, something of a folk hero to many now. Yay! Like it. I like like the way you're bringing the folk hero stories into the main (laughs) episode. We've done a few on Patreon. This is a good thing. Oh, that's a good story. Oh, it's a good story. Makes you think, did he, didn't he? You don't. You think he did, but you don't know for sure. You don't know for sure. The way you have set up that story, he's a fucker. What do you think, people? Yeah. You know, people may have heard different things. Are there different things that we need to take into consideration with this story? Uh, my main thing in this was 
if if his travelling companion was it uh, Bell Shannon Bell was Shannon the chap Bell. who apparently went mad at the end yeah. okay if Shannon Bell went mad in the first place that's the first story you tell. Yeah, well, absolutely. I entirely agree. Yeah. But but was he trying to save the reputation of his friends? No, no. With everything that happened beforehand, if that is true. Now, is that hearsay after the fact where people go, like, oh, he was always a wrong one and he lied and he wasn't a very good mm. guide. Why did he suddenly have this moral compass when he turns up and says, oh, we just nibbled our way through the people as they died on the train. Because that's more plausible. It's more plausible that several people died on the train. We've done this in a previous cannibalism story where the guy ate fucking everyone and killed people along the way and just went, oh, no, they died of natural causes. But he was just nibbling, nibbling, nibbling. (laughs) Not for very long as well. And this isn't very long in comparison. But, yeah, you would say... if, If the guy had gone mad and shot everyone, you would turn up at the cab and said, someone went mad. Yeah, absolutely. He ate everyone. I'm really disturbed. I had to survive. That's the story you tell. Yes. It, maybe there's an outside chance that you would make up something else. Well, these were entire strangers to him at the beginning of the trip. There's not like you, no. if you if they were your best mate from childhood or a member of your family, mm. you might make up something exactly. to paint them in a better light. But these were entire strangers to him no. at the beginning of the trip. As you say, there is no reason not to go with. He's a nutter. He did all this. I ran for my life. And this is what I had to do. Exactly. He has been caught. They have retraced the steps of his trail, apparently. And when he has been caught, he has then gone, okay, here's the real story. Someone (laughs) else killed them all and I wasn't there at the time. Why would he not be killed? No. Why would he not be killed? Definitely eight people. A horrible, horrible situation. For sure. The guy had a terrible start to life. Obviously dealt some bad hands mm. was not happy do don't volunteer to take people through the mountains and just yeah. that oh it's whatever bad start you have in life i'm sorry that fucking white male big dick energy <laughs> when you've got a tiny tiny dick of just like i reckon i, I can could, i can conquer the rocky mountains no I bother can do this this is fine they're famously easy just to get some food and to and just trying to get the gold it was mm. greed and then when you're lazy along the way i don't i don't buy it i don't buy it don't buy it don't like it nope. Now, I don't, the thing is, I don't know how all of them died at once. I could believe along the way that he'd bumped some people off or like in the trip to everything, then he'd eaten them. But the way he says about Mr. Bell killing people. Was it him that went mad? Yeah. Was it was it him that went mad with a hatchet and then just did away with everyone? That could have been it. So it must have been a fairly blitzy attack. Um, if I, it was all him, yeah. it would have been something, yeah, hit and run type of thing. It's, um, it doesn't seem to stack up, this no, sudden frenzy The more you think attack. about it, it goes, hmm. For the sounds of it, he'd be the first person you'd kill. <laughs> yes, that's very true. They would. Everyone would be around going, okay, we need to survive. Let's kill him because he's awful and he's not a guide. And he's just very annoying. Yeah, or it could be that, yeah, is Israel Swan, who was the older guy, died first. They decided, yep, yeah, okay, we well, we've got this new resource for mm. some food, so let, let's have at it. As you say, he got a taste for it. It's so stupid. With, I mean, yeah. It's making me think of the Donmar party and all these well, things. Yes, and, absolutely. You know, the more you get into cannibal stories, it really disturbs you. There's a practical part of your brain that kicks in and goes, you really wouldn't kill five people at once? You'd really probably walk along the trail a bit more and then kill them off one by one. So well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> if you had to do that. Yeah, I mean, yes, if it was your whole intention mm. was to, I need to get out of here and to do that, I need food. Yeah, you wouldn't do it all in one go, would you? 
would people would people someone catches you doing away with someone else is it become a friend going to catch on to yeah. the fact that you've done this to two other people further down the trail yeah and then it's like a who am i next type thing that but that becomes risky then we're asked. yeah he took a long time to get through the. i mean two months mountains. for 75 miles is is a pretty long old time so that's that's settling in at a camp for a decent yes. length of time and that's upsetting that's the not i'm not doing this to survive and get the hell out of here i'm gonna settle in and eat human flesh yeah this is for quite a a while i'm walking for two months trying to get out of here and i'm just that lost it's uh no i'm i've made camp i've made my house for a few weeks people who know the donmar party will know the donmar party you know that was and there's so much we could discuss about that it doesn't feel like this is as snowed in and trapped in this destitute awful no. months and months and months without being able to to move on maybe more people know about the story and is it a situation where they were literally snowed in and it was a case of whatever happened it was like no we just need to survive mm. we could be snowed in for months on end and actually it was like oh no it's fine i'll just yeah. walk out but no one else did but then they got into the heart of the mountain oh yes uh, it's uh, yeah who knows oh, oh. That, that's don't the, know. i think that's why he went got, got down to manslaughter because you just don't know you cannot be sure uh but that general he was sitting there. general adams we like general adams we like general adams he he had an agroni the whole way through this (laughs) i'm sure i'm going to google general adams and he's done horrendous things (laughs) (laughs) massacred tribes and villages and all sorts this was his one saving grace maybe but he did this well he did this well yes well what do you think people do you know the story what do you think happened up in the mountains? How much of Packard's story do you believe? How much do you think, actually, you know, the winter madness descends on mm. you? Should we be being a bit more discerning about it? Is it justifiably manslaughter, if you can call it that? Or was it cold-blooded murder by someone who was greedy for gold? Exactly. They were all on the route to get gold. Everybody wanted and that. And he likes he, the things that the other people had. He took their other. He took their cash. He mm. took their knives and things. Mm. So yeah, loving all that. Flashing the cash later Flashing on. Flashing the cash. What do you think about the story? If you know the story, tell us your theories. Tell us your ideas. Share more stories about it. And most importantly, though, while thinking about these chilly, chilly nights in the middle of a mountain, mix yourself up a corpse reviver oh, number do. four. Do it's gone down a treat. Oh, that was so good. That's one of the best we've had in a yeah, while. It's been a long time since we've had one that good. Wholeheartedly. The Corpse Reviver series, as it yep. were. The ones we've tried do them. They're so good. Yep. They'll get you there. <laughs> <laughs> a great, great cocktail. We'll put out the recipe for the Corpse Whiskers yep. on Friday night because we'd love you to not only tag us in your cocktail pictures, mix some stuff up and tag us in your videos. Share us your reels or your TikToks, whatever you wish. A TikTok indeed. Indeed. Maybe should should we join TikTok? Oh, well, you people? can. I can't be bothered. And we very much know that you can't be bothered. <laughs> what is TikTok? <laughs> Why am I saying TikTok? We get sent a lot of TikTok videos, actually. You just never look at them. Well, maybe we'll join TikTok this weekend and we'll do a dance. It'll be lovely. And if you haven't already, make sure you come and find us on Patreon. New episodes every single week. Lots of bonus content. Come and join us. It's completely flexible. We'd love to see you there. And we'd love to hear more suggestions of stories that we could be covering. Old and new. And you know what, Nick? 
Yes. It's spooky month coming up. Yes. Oh, yes. We need those ghost stories. We need murder, poison related ghost stories. Don't just send us (laughs) ghost stories. Good ghosty murdery stories. What can we cover for Halloween? We've maybe got some ideas. Got some ideas going on. But send us your suggestions and maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember... Your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.